Well, good morning. Good to see all of you. Hey, the holidays are over. Yeah, New Year is starting. Old is gone. New has begun. I just I love the start of a new year. Uh, it's really my favorite time of year. It seems like through the old year, and particularly during the holidays, uh, things have a way of sneaking up on us. Uh, things enter into our lives. They take up root. Take up residence within us, things we know aren't good for us, sometimes things we don't even want to do. And yet there they are. And so today as we begin a new year, we're going to start a new sermon series, four weeks, called Detox. Detox is the removal of a toxic substance from a living organism. And uh, you and I, you and I can have toxins in us beyond what we ingest. It goes beyond what you eat, drink, smoke, or even inject into your body. Uh, Toxins can come into us uh, at the very core of who we are. As Christians, we recognize that we are a triune being. There are three parts to us. There's a physical part that we are born with. It's our body. And then there's a, a, a soul part of us, our intellect, emotion, will, our personality, Uh, That's another part of us. And then when we trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're reborn. And and so there is a spiritual part of us that that comes alive in us. And so we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And toxins can get into your soul and spirit just like they can get into your body. So each week through this series, we're going to encourage you to fast from certain things. Things that contaminate and pollute your spirit, soul, and body. Now, when we typically think of, of detox, uh, we, we may think of drugs and alcohol, and, and maybe drugs and alcohol are an area that you need to detox from. If that's true, I, I understand that. Believe me, I do. But I want you to think more broadly than that when we think about detox. And so let's go right to your message notes, take those out, look at the theme passage we're going to be using for this series. It's found in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, and it kind of flows over into chapter 7. Passage is written to Christians, it's written to believers, to the church. It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And yoked is a Bible term we don't use much, uh, much today. It, the Yoked in the original Greek refers to the depth of the connection that you have with a person. If you're yoked with someone, you're deeply connected with that person. And and the Bible clearly states here, don't be deeply connected together with unbelievers. It says you shouldn't share in the same activities, the same pattern of living as unbelievers. Don't get too closely connected to the world. And then Paul launches into a series of questions to to make his point. I mean, this is a serious point, and he puts the hammer down on us. He says, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? And Belial's another name for the devil. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. No no church building is a sanctuary. The the Bible clearly states in Acts 7, 48, the Most High, that's God, the Most High does not live in temples built by human hands. 
There, there is no place in this building that is holy. There's no place in this building that, that is the dwelling place of God except you. You are holy. You are the dwelling place of God. God doesn't want to live in this building. God wants to live in you. You're the place where he wants to dwell. Then Paul quotes the Bible in the Bible. He quotes the Old Testament in the New Testament. He says, as God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them, come out from the unbelievers and be separate, says the Lord. God says he wants to to have more of a presence in your life, in your body, in your soul, in your spirit, in every part of you. But God can't do that if you're too closely connected with the world. So you and I have to analyze what we are connected to, who we are connected to, and why. And we've got to come out from certain things in order to connect more deeply with God. Simply put, I need to ask What's in here that shouldn't be? What's in here that shouldn't be? Because the level that God is able to work in your life is determined by how close you are to God and how disconnected you are from worldly things. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then look how this plays out for us. He says, since we have these promises, dear friends. Well, what promises? Well, the promise that God will draw close to us if we'll disconnect from the world. Since we have these promises, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And that's what we're going to do over the next three weeks. Next three weeks, four sermons. We're we're going to engage in a process of of purifying ourselves from everything that contaminates us. And today we're going to start by looking at spirit detox. This is how King David identified that he had gotten so far away from God that he was in need of a spirit detox. He said, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And I just want to ask you the question, are, are you wrestling with your thoughts? I mean, how many of you throughout the day are thinking, I want to think about this, but I'm thinking about this. I want to focus on God and good, but my mind is filling up with all this junk from over here. Anybody struggle with that? And every day have sorrow in my heart. Are you struggling with sorrow in your heart? Struggling with just a sadness in your life? You need a spirit detox. How long will my enemy triumph over me? You see, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. When you tolerate toxins in your life, the devil triumphs over your life. And this is written by King David. I mean, this is the man who's leading God's people. This is the man that the Bible says was a man after God's own heart. This is the guy who wrote the largest book in the Bible, the book of Psalms. And yet he finds himself in need of a spirit detox. Well, if he needs one, I guarantee you we need one. Bible says in Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, and this is profound. Write this down in your notes somewhere. Romans 8 follows Romans 7. Okay? I mean, you want deep teaching, there it is. 
But it's deeper than it seems on the surface because Romans 7 is Paul's wrestling match. It's a phenomenal read. Paul says, I keep doing the things I want to stop doing and I can't start doing the things that I want to start doing. Romans 7 is Paul's contamination chapter. It's Paul stepping out of his denial about his condition and recognizing that he needs a detox, spirit detox. And here's a guy who's planting churches all over, uh, all over the, the Mediterranean, and he's writing two-thirds of the New Testament. And he gets to the end of Romans 7, and he fusses about himself. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Uh, he's really discouraged with his struggle. But Romans 8 follows Romans 7. And Romans 8 is his prescription for a spirit detox. You know, the, the shift from Romans 7 to Romans 8, I think, is one of the most crucial things that happens in the Bible, one of the most crucial things that can happen in the Christian life, is to stop living in Romans 7 and to start living in Romans 8. Look what he says. He says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And Paul says a detox starts when, when you set, change what you set your mind on, what you think about. And so today I want to help you change your mind. Set your mind on the right kind of stuff. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, if by the Spirit you detox, you will live. Detox, it's a, it's a matter of life and death. That's how serious this is. So this week, I, I want to give you three things to take out and three things to put in for the next six days. Not for 21 days, not for the rest of your life, just for six days. Because you can see tremendous progress in six days. So for the next six days, take out these three things, add in three things. And you will discover what many of us have forgotten. You will discover what it feels like to be spiritually healthy. To be spiritually healthy. Some of us, we, we have gotten so used to the toxins in our life, we have gotten so used to living without these positive things in our life that we have forgotten what spiritual health feels like. And it's time for you to rediscover, maybe discover for the first time, what it's like to be spiritually healthy, to have life and peace. That's what we're offering you here. So what are the things that we're going to fast from for the next six days? I'm, I'm asking you to starve it. And the first one is doubt. Doubt. Some of you have no idea how much doubt has crept into your life. And doubt is believing what the world says about things, about you, about your life, believing what the world says, and moving away from what God's reality truly is. And for too many of us, you know, we see all this horrible stuff on the news and we think, God, are you watching this? Do you know what's going on down here? 
And we just get so full of doubt about the future and what's going to happen that it becomes toxic in our spirit. And we need to move from that doubt that the world is casting. We need to move to the reality of what God is really doing. And I read just this week about how more Muslims are coming to faith in Christ now than at any other point in history. God is saving Muslims in amazing ways in the Middle East, in Africa, in Europe, in the U.S. i got a buddy who works with missions in, in the Middle East. He says that place is on fire for Jesus Christ with the conversions that are happening in the, in the Muslim community. And he says nobody talks much about it because the percu- persecution would be so intense. But he says God is working amazingly. In China, the church is exploding with growth in China. 35,000 people a day are coming to faith in Jesus Christ in China. There's an underground church planting movement that is sweeping across the nation of China. China is on its way to becoming the, large, the country with the largest Christian population in the world. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. You know, in North India, where Rockbrook has been working, I mean, we've trained over 20,000 native leaders, we've planted over 20,000 village churches, we've reached over 600,000 new believers for Christ. That's just in one state in the northern part of India. December, we had the 2020 Network Conference. This is Pastor Alok. Alok's been here several times. Many of you know, know Alok. You know, they had 2,000 leaders show up for that conference. In Rockbrook, we gave out Uh, 2,000 DVDs, the Nehemiah uh, leadership training material that we put together and passed it out to those guys. And uh, they are so thankful for that and tremendously happy to get it. God is doing great things in the world. God is going to reach every tribe, every tongue, every nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the reality. That's God's reality. And he's going to do it through you and me. He's going to do it through the church. And we just need to recognize and claim that truth. Now, I'm not saying we need to be in denial and not recognize that that evil exists or that there's opposition or persecution toward the church, but we got to get more in tune with God's reality for our lives and in tune with what the world says. The world says the world is going to hell in a handbasket. God says anybody who believes in Jesus Christ can go to heaven. Which one are you focusing on? It's the difference between doubt and trust. So write this down. If I'm going to get rid of doubt, I will trust what God says. I'll trust what God says. Great verse, probably already know this one. Don't let familiarity with this verse rob you of the power of its truth. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. If you trust what God says, it'll remove the toxin of doubt from your life. Next thing we need to detox from is negativity. Negativity. You ever read any Winnie the Pooh to your kids or grandkids? You know, remember the, the, the character Eeyore? You ever sound like Eeyore? Oh, dear. You know, his head's hanging, tail between his legs. Oh, my. I've got a real Eeyore streak in me. I, I just do. I inherited it from my mother. My, uh, it's genetic. And if you've got an Eeyore streak in you, you've got to get a little Tigger in you. Because the wonderful thing about Tiggers is, Tigger's a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tops are made out of rubber, bottoms made out of spring. They're bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. The wonderful thing about Tigger is, 
That's right. That's right. There'd been one in every service. There needs to be 200 in every service. We got to unleash that, that inner tigger. You got to get rid of that negativity. How do I fight negativity? I will think what God thinks. Starts in the mind. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I keep my thoughts stayed, steadied, fixed on God. And negativity is so bad, I got two fill-ins for it. I mean, this is a real struggle. I, I, I will think what God thinks. I will say what God says. And this one just gets right up inside of me. Ephesians 4. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, I'll confess, I don't always do that. But I'm going to try for six days. I'm going to try for six days to say what God says. Because this is a serious detox issue in my life. Next one. Next one's obvious, and that's sin. Anything sinful causes our spirit to be contaminated. And, and we get that, but I want to give you kind of a cool thought here about, about this sin deal. Most of the time we look at the word sin and we think of guilt. It's, it's like our sin is pointing at us and, and, and condemning us. But that's not how God sees it. That's not how God sees it. In fact, the, the word in the Greek for sin is the word hamartia. And hamartia simply means to miss the mark. You're aiming at a target and you miss the mark. Now, if I miss the mark, why? Because I'm aiming at the wrong thing. My aim is off. That's why I missed the target. So the secret to overcoming sin is not to get all condemned about being sinful. The secret is to just aim at the right thing. To overcome sin, I must adjust my aim. That's why God's word for overcoming sin is the word repentance. Repentance simply means to turn, to turn and aim at the right thing. You just change your direction. You stop aiming at the wrong thing, you start aiming at the right thing. You stop aiming at sin, you start aiming at righteousness. I mean, how many of us have allowed ourselves to lose our aim? We, we've simply gotten turned away, maybe just a little bit. And we've gotten off target. And so we need to repent and adjust our aim and get back on target. So if I'm going to deal with sin in my life, I must turn to what God wants. And many of you know exactly what area you need to do that in. I don't have to tell you. You know. God's been telling you for a long time. You've been aimed at this. You need to re-aim at that. Look at Romans 6. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. You have new life. So start aiming at righteousness instead of sin. Now for detox to be effective, you can't just take stuff out. You've got to put stuff in. You've you got to take out the bad stuff and you've got to put in good stuff. So you've got to starve it and you've got to feed it. So uh, specifically, I want you to feed on three things. Take out doubt, negativity, and sin and then feed yourself for the next six days. Number one is God's word. God's word. 
for the next six days. Stop feeding your mind on all the junk and those blogs and negative news shows and websites and talk radio and soaps and romance novels and Facebook and whatever it is you use to load up your mind. For the next six days, you're going to feed your mind on God's Word. And here's what you'll experience. Happy are those who reject the advice of evil men. Happy. Instead, they find their joy in obeying the law of the Lord, and they study it day and night. Happy. Joy. How do you get there? I will read the Bible every day. For six days, maybe you read out of the Psalms and Proverbs, maybe you read through one of the Gospels, maybe you start at Genesis and read the whole thing. It's not that big a book. You could read the whole thing in a week if you just stopped watching TV. But the point is, is that you got to get God's Word into your mind, into your head, your heart, your life. You feed your spirit on God's Word and you starve it from doubt, negativity, and sin. Detox from the junk, feed on the Word. Second prescription. For six days, I'm going to feed myself on worship. Specifically, worship music. Uh, Years ago, I decided I wasn't going to load up my mind with the world's philosophy. And the way the world loads you up with its philosophy, one of the key ways is through secular music. And so I just decided I'm not going to put that stuff, stuff in my head. And so, yeah, once in a while I'll hear a song here or there, or, you know, but you know, I don't listen to it. I don't listen to it on the radio. I don't have CDs. I don't, I don't load my mind up with that stuff. And it got pretty easy for me uh, 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 quite a while ago when the antenna broke off my 92 Honda, and so I don't listen to the radio at all. And all I got is a CD player, and so I just, you know, I got worship CDs in there, and I pop them in, and I listen. And actually, uh, lately, what I've been doing is just turning the thing off, and I just listen to God. I mean, I'm just still and, and listen to God. But I would encourage you for six days to make worship a priority. And, and I will listen to Christian music. I'll listen to, to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I mean, does that describe your music? Then the God of peace will be with you. Feed your spirit on God's word. Feed your spirit with thoughts that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Then God's peace will be with you. Next prescription. You've got to feed your spirit through prayer. Through prayer. And tomorrow morning, we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Rockbrook. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., right here in the worship center. Band's going to play. We've got some musicians who are going to do live music for us this time. We're going to meet in here and uh, be for under less than an hour. You'll be out of here by 7 o'clock. But we're going to do it at 6 o'clock. And we're going to work our way th- uh, through our Pray First book. We did this back in August when we did it. If you've got a copy of this, dig it out, bring it with you. If you need a new one, there's plenty back there at the table. Pick one up. If you can't be here at 6 a.m., then get one of the books and just do it on your own time. And just carve out some time where, where, where you pray. Now, when you come up here, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you pray with other people or, or pray, uh, pray out loud in front of folks. We're just going to sing a couple of songs. One of the staff is going to lead a prayer. And then we're just going to give you 30 minutes to where you just pray by yourself. And, uh, and, but it, it, the focus is prayer. 
And I just hope that, that you'll do it. And I'm not asking you, it's 21 days, I'm not asking you to do it for 21 days. I'm just asking you right now, do it for six. Just do it for six. Just show up on Monday and do it. Show up on Tuesday and do it. Do it for six days, see what happens. And, and some of you recognize this as bait and switch. And, uh, but the reality is, you know, some people say, I can't do it for 21 days, so they won't do it at all. And, you know, I'm not asking you to do it for 21 days. Just do it. The truth is, you can't quit if you don't start. So just do it. Jump in. Do it. Do what you can do. God dares you. God dares you to do it. He does. Look at this. Second Chronicles. He says, if, if my people, my God-defined people, respond by humbling themselves. Listen, getting up at 6 a.m. and driving up, that's a sacrifice. It's a humbling act. It really is. It's dark, it's cold, it's winter. It's, it's humbling. It's a sacrifice to do that. Praying, seeking my presence, and turning their backs on their wicked lives. They detox. God says, I'll be there ready for you. I will listen from heaven, forgive their sins, and restore their toxic life back to health. God promises. This is a time of year where I am desperate for God to make me healthy. I mean, I am. I mean, the holidays, the holidays are hard for me. There's, you know, all that ho-ho-ho stuff, man, it just, it's just hard for me. The, the end of the year is hard. There's just something about the end of the year that's, that's just hard for me. Winter is hard. The older I get, the harder winter gets. And it's just a, a hard season for me. But there is something, there is something wonderful about a new year. I mean, there's just something wonderful about, about having the opportunity to throw off that toxic behavior of the past and to take on the new healthy behavior of a new year. It's like a, a breath of new life. And I just hope you'll join us as we move into that this week. In just six days. Give it a shot. Let's pray together. As we pray, I just, I just want you to take, just to take a nice deep breath. Just breathe in. And breathe out. And just relax and, and pray this, this, this simple prayer in your own heart and mind. Just pray, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me that I need to do? What are the areas of my life that I need to detox? What, what, what's in here that I just need to get out? What do I need to starve? God, show me the doubts I need to remove out of my life and replace with your truth. I, I, I will trust what God says. Show me the negative thoughts and words that have contaminated my life. God, help me to think what you think. Help me to say what you say. Change my thoughts. Change my words. God, show me the sin that has contaminated my life. Show me where I'm off target. Help me to repent, to turn, to, to adjust my aim, to point my life in the right direction. God, help me to starve the doubt, negativity, and sin in my life. And help me to feed, feed my spirit, the spiritual food that brings health and peace. 
God, I want to be faithful to read your word every day. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. God, help me to feed my spirit by worshiping you every day. Fill my mind with things that are right and true and honorable and pure and worthy. Let, let my spirit praise and worship you. God, help me to feed my spirit through power, through prayer. Help me to humble myself, to seek your presence, to turn, turn from my wicked ways. God, help me purify the toxins in my life, forgive my sins, and, and restore me to life and health and peace. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.